1: BLOB TALK RADIO
0: Namaste, you are now in the Funk Soul Cafe, a cool, hot, soulful radio show for artists, writers, and so much more, hosted by yours truly, Robert Batista. So sit back, grab a nice warm cup of soulful java or chai, and listen and enjoy. It all starts with a plan. The more time you spend getting organized to write and planning what you do along the way, the less time you are going to waste when you are in the throes of writing and your mind is focused on your characters and your story. Characters can be greedy with your time when you are in the zone. And the last thing you want to do is distract you is to spend time wondering what do I do next? These are the insightful words of today's guest, author Mark Covington. Namaste, Mark Covington, and welcome to the Funk Soul Cafe. Thank you, Robert. It's
1: great to be here. It is a
0: wonderful, wonderful experience having you. And, uh, Mark, let's first start off by taking your Java order. We have a wonderful variety of fine espressos, cappuccinos, and lattes. And we also have herbal teas for those tea lovers. So what's your fancy, Mark? Well, Robert, it's cold and it's
1: uh, after five, so how about an Irish coffee?
0: Oh, yeah. Good, good choice. Let me go ahead and get that for you. A little writer fluid. Oh, I put plenty. And here you go. Thank you. You're welcome. So, Mark, so good having you on the show. Let's go back to when you were an IT project manager, toiling away with spearheading various IT projects. Then you get the bug to write and author stories. Mark, take us through how you first got that writing itch and what was the first thing you did to scratch it.
1: Well, I had the itch long before I became an IT person. Uh, I think I wrote my first poem in second grade and my first play <laughs> in seventh grade. Uh, then I went to college and got the degree of business so I could actually make some money. And then
0: once I got established, I went back to my writing. So many writers – oh, so before I ask you that question, you said you – Started writing little things in the second grade. Do you remember what some of those writings were about when you were that young? What you say about maybe seven, eight years old? Do you seven. remember what you were writing about back then?
1: I remember a poem I wrote about a kite. Uh, I had a brand new kite for my birthday, and I wrote a poem for that, and the teacher loved it. <laughs> and it rhymed,
0: actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's not to love about a kite at seven years old? What a beautiful thing. So. Mark, many writers look to hone their craft probably by taking advanced courses in creative writing and or join various writers' workshops. Did you do any of that?
1: Yeah, I am a member of James River Writers. I've been a member of that group for probably 12 years. It's a local writers' group, and we do a lot of great things. We have a writing show on Wednesday nights once a month and a writer's happy hour once a month. The writers can drink and talk and can how that hard writing is. And they have a wow. conference once a year in the fall, which is a huge, one of the biggest conferences on the East Coast. So it's a, a great big conference, and they have lots of good stuff for writers. So that's a group of belong to. I'm proud of them.
0: So is that conference held uh, where you are in Virginia, or do they, they switch yes. up and hold it at various right places? Richmond. Right here in Richmond. Right here Richmond. So your bio, Mark. Sorry. Wow. Panels. You have panels and things like that. Workshops. Yes. Lots of panels. It's a three-day, three-day conference.
1: We have writers from New Zealand, writers from Africa, writers from all over the world.
0: Wow, that's awesome. So, Mark, your bio states that you have worked at various jobs, as we discussed, from a banker to an ice cream truck driver. Do you think the diversity of these jobs had any effect in a way, in any way on how you approach telling a story as a writer?
1: A huge effect. Um, a lot of my characters in my, in my novels are from those jobs. Uh, in my book, Heavenly Pleasure, my, one of my main characters is God, who is actually an ice cream truck driver. And I use my experiences from that. Uh, another character sells cemetery plots and I spent a couple days doing that and I've learned from a lot of different jobs, you know, the characters, the people I've met and and what the job is about and built that in my writing.
0: Let's talk about the first book that you published. What was it and how was it published? Did you go to a traditional publisher, go independent or did you self-publish? The first book I self-published It was called Bullfish And it was about
1: um, I was looking for a vacation spot One day and I found Atlantis Resort In the Bahamas And I thought how cool would it be If that went back in time And became the original Atlantis So that was an idea And I just kind of picked it up And ran with it And it took me about a year And then I searched for uh, publishers And nobody was biting So I did it
0: myself so a lot of up-and-coming authors uh, listen to the show. So you say you search for a publisher and nobody was buying. Did you send out query letters? Did you try to get an agent? Um, how was that process?
1: Lots of query letters to agents. Um, went through um, what's called Editors of Predators, which is a great publication for writers. It uh, shows you all the different agents and publishers that are available in a certain genre. Um, small publishing houses, large publishing houses, and what they're looking for. So, it's and then whether they're legit or not. Some people out there that are really just trying to take your money, and you got to watch out for those. And this publication kind of includes you in on those people.
0: Yeah, yeah. We had a few authors come on the show and say how they got burnt um, yeah. and got scammed. Um, you know, in the beginning, uh, going through those vanity presses and stuff. So. Yeah, that's a good thing that you were basically, you know, you were basically wheeled out of that, and, uh, you know, that's a good thing. So,
1: Yeah, I'd I'd recommend Predeficient Editors
0: for all writers looking for an agent or a publisher
1: because that's a great publication. It's online and uh, gives you the durable every writer and every publisher in the States.
0: So your first book that you published, what type of feedback did you receive from the people who read it? Um, How did this book affect the people who read it? Uh,
1: very. I got mixed uh, reviews. I've got people that actually absolutely loved it, and some that just thought I was strange. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very strange book. Uh, but there are folks that just thought it was wonderful, and there are folks that um, didn't talk to me for a while after they read it. <laughs>
0: That's funny. I'm intrigued by a book you wrote called Heavenly Pleasure, which you mentioned a few moments ago. From its captivating title to its eye-catching cover, what's the plot about?
1: Ah, It's the plot of good versus evil, basically the story of of stories. Um, I've got a cast of characters that are interesting, On my evil side, I've got a a mega-church preacher and an attorney and a snake-handling West Virginia uh, Pentecostal kid. And on the good side, I've got a stripper from Magali, India. I've got uh, the ice cream truck driver who is God in disguise, a fallen angel, and two gay guys that own a Christian porno store. That's the good side. <laughs> and they fight it out
0: here in Richmond, Virginia, uh, over for good and evil. Well, again, I was captivated by the cover. And speaking of that, right. did you design it yourself or have a professional do it?
1: No, I have a, I have a publisher now in the South Africa, uh, Rebel Press, and they are great at giving you, you know, They give me a great editor covers. Uh, they have coverage of art. They give me Choices. Uh, for covers, so it's no longer a vanity press or, or pay for my own press. I have a real publisher that pays me dividends, pays me royalties. So that's you know kind of nice, and they designed my cover. And I thought it was a great cover.
0: Yeah, With the ice the cream truck works, and all definitely. the religious symbols.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, that caught my eye and caught my attention right away. So, Mark, <laughs> let's talk about what I call the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Which is marketing. So many uh, authors spend so much time writing and publishing their book, but have no clue on how and what it entails to market it. How do you handle the publicizing and marketing of your books?
1: Yeah, uh, the writing is the easy part. Uh, the, the marketing That's is right. the hard part. That's um, right. I have used various different. Well, I, have a, like I, said, I have a publisher who's done different things. Uh, got creative one of the things they have done is um my books are on the subway in london and they've kind of been left around with a little tag in there that says this is a subway book read it take it home bring it back when you finish and leave it on the subway for the next person so they can go on the subway go on the, the, the underground and read my books and bring them back and hopefully they're hooked and they'll buy more books uh, there's a, I think in Japan they have a system where it's, you can you can download any ebook you want to, and read it as long as you're in the airport. When you leave the airport, you've got to buy it or give it back. So people get three or four pages into it and they go, don't want to buy it. Um, these are those are free ways to, to, for marketing. I've used Facebook. Uh, I've done advertising on Facebook and got a lot of uh, British fans from Facebook. I compare myself to Terry Pratchett. Which uh, I got a lot of feedback from. <laughs> How dare you prepare yourself to Sartori? And uh, I said, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll give you a free book. You tell me what you think. And the term he used, I think, a couple of weeks later was, I was the dog's dog's bollocks, which I, I found is a good term. Dog's bollocks. He said I was
0: my writing was the dog's bollocks, yeah, which
1: is better than a dog's breakfast.
0: Yeah, that doesn't sound good, but I'll take your word for it that that's a good term. (laughs) It's a a, a positive
1: term in England, yes.
0: (laughs) So let's talk about Mark Covington, the person. Where did you grow up, and what was your childhood like?
1: What was my wood like? My childhood.
0: Your child, your childhood life. Oh, yeah. so where did you grow up, I grew up on a, and what was your childhood yeah. like?
1: Right. I grew up on a farm here in Richmond, near Richmond, Virginia, about 30 miles north. We had um, two apple orchards and grew pretty much anything you could name. Had vegetables, berries, um, nuts, fruit, and a, a, a wine a vineyard. So I grew up working on the farm, animals, and um, learning farm life. And so I was pretty this is a pretty normal childhood, a country country type of living. Read a lot of books when I was a kid. I um I was hooked on books when I was very young and from, you know, Tom Sawyer Huckleberry Finn all the way through. Um I was the kid in high school with a book in my back pocket and a leather jacket. <laughs> um so, so I, I raced motorcycles when I was a kid, uh motocross racing. I learned how to do that. And then I went to a Catholic military school, which was an interesting experience. Let's see. And then on to college. So it was a you know, it was not a terrible childhood. It was kind of bucolic. Uh, lots of time to roam around and, and you know, play in the woods and creeks and go fishing and it was kind of a you know, Mark Twain kind of
0: life. Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like a Norman Rockwell painting. <laughs> basically, you know, and <laughs> So speak, you, you mentioned that you always had a book. Let's talk about some of the books, specific books, and specific authors that inspired you in your youth.
1: Well, I think the first
0: um, author that I just fell in love with was Bradbury.
1: And I went through Bradbury's stuff like fire. I just read everything I could get my hands on. And then I graduated up to the um, dystopic writers, uh, Orwell, 1984, Brave New World, uh, Huxley, and those type of writers. And in high school, I discovered Kurt Vonnegut. And that was kind of a um, revelation to discover his work. I mean, this is amazing, amazing writing, very dark very humorous, and my writing is very similar to what Bonnegan did. And then, let's see, in college I discovered another writer called Chris uh, uh, Tom Robbins. Tom Robbins was from Richmond. And Tom Robbins has written some amazing stuff, and when I read his stuff, I realized that I could do this. Uh, so that's, Tom was pretty much my inspiration for, for becoming a writer. And I read a lot of the British writers. I read... Um, uh, let's see, Pratchett, of course. Terry Pratchett is amazing. Uh, I've got a listing on my website of all the recommended reading um, that I would recommend for for readers. For and it's hard sometimes finding good books. So I think writers should uh, always give their readers a listing of, you know, stuff they can recommend. I have a another writer that I, I look up to, is Chris Moore out on the West Coast. And he's written some amazing stuff. And he has a, always has a Chris Pick's on his website. You can go in there and see some of the stuff he recommends. So if you look on, on my site, you'll find about 50 books that I recommend.
0: So you mentioned Kurt Vonnegut. That's amazing. So you're a teenager in high school, 16, 15 years old, reading slaughterhouse Five. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I bet Major that Piano, was something. A cat's Cradle, absolutely.
1: Breakfast of Champions. Oh, <laughs> I, I ate it all up. <laughs> oh man
0: so uh mark let's get back to craft um let's talk about the journey of conceptualizing and writing a story after you become inspired by the first what if do you start with a conceptual outline and then branch or do you just go where the germination thoughts take you
1: Uh, In my background as an IT project manager, I plan scrupulously. Uh, When I have a what-if idea, like, wouldn't this be great? I would put two things together that have never been thought together before. I will sit down and, and take my time and break out chapter by chapter. I'll take my Word document and go chapter one, skip a page, chapter two, skip a page, chapter three, and break it all out in one document. And then I'll go back and say, "Okay, what is chapter what about? What's happening? Who's there? What's happening? So I'll do a one three or four page, three or four um, sentence paragraph on what's happening in that chapter, and I'll break that in each one of these chapters. Once I have that, I can go back, and as the inspiration hits me, I can do chapter seventeen today, chapter two tomorrow, chapter fourteen the next day, chapter twenty five the next day. As the inspiration fires me, I can go to that chapter in that in that document. That I've sketched out and write that chapter. And then at the end, I go through and make it all flow together. And that's kind of the, the, the real crunch part. But that's my process. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. So so many authors feel that you have to be a voracious reader in order to be a great writer. Do you agree?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you have to read all the time. I read probably two or three books a month. I've got a TV Red stack in my, by my bed. It's about, about a foot and a half tall right now, which is kind of about medium. It usually gets a little taller. Um, and, and, and different kinds of writing. Uh, read fiction, nonfiction, read mystery, read uh, Westerns, read different stuff because you get inspiration from everything. Read plays, read poetry. I spent the whole summer reading all of Bukowski's works. If you read Charles Bukowski, He's an amazing poet, and I write a little poetry. I'm um, with one little poetry critique group that we meet uh, a couple times a month. And uh, poetry has helped you really condense your words. Writing plays has helped me with my dialogue. It's like exercise. You've got to you know cross train. You've got to do different muscles to help you overall your whole body. So read and write poetry, read and write plays, read and write mysteries, read and write everything because it will help you in your overall
0: writing for what you do. Yes, I definitely agree with you. Uh, And the other thing is so many authors I've had on the show have such an eclectic way of how they are creative. Some authors can only create and be creative artistically at certain times in certain areas. Uh, during the day but other authors tell me they can whip out a pen or a laptop anywhere anytime and be creative which one are you? I'm the
1: second I have some, written some of my best stuff in the passenger seat of a vehicle on my way to Florida for, for Christmas or, or Easter or whatever I've written some great stuff on trains on airplanes um, I can write anywhere I, <laughs> I was writing one time at my office um, a few years ago and I was writing a passage about uh, one of my characters reaching into a basket to pick up a rattlesnake. And my phone was on vibrate, and it went off in my pocket. And I jumped up from, the, from the, my desk and ran out of the, the <laughs> couch. Because I always chose a rattlesnake in my pants. Because uh, I, was, I was into that story. Uh, so I could get into the story anywhere. I, can, I could just zone out. I remember on my porch one day, <clears throat> I sat down at about 10 o'clock in the morning so friends were going to pick me up that evening at 6, and I get a call, I'm like, it's got to be like, dude, no, it's 6. I lost all day. I didn't stop for lunch. I had been in the zone all day and never even looked up. So I can I can get in the zone anytime, any time. Something inspires me.
0: Wow. Talk about being focused and locked in. Uh, that's amazing. And, and, Mark, do you do much research for your pieces? Are there days spent oh. online? or the old-fashioned way in libraries, fact-checking data for its authenticity or clarification? Yeah. The old, old old-fashioned way, I go there. Uh, When I write a
1: piece about Key West, I go to Key West. When I write a piece about Uh the Mayans in Mexico, I go to Mexico and and spend a week on on top of a Mayan pyramid talking to an old Mayan, learning the astrology of, of, of the Mayan culture. When I, when I write in
0: New Orleans, I go to New Orleans. I go there and experience it. Wow! Kudos to you, man, to have the wherewithal to do that. <laughs> well, know, I thing. mean, most a lot of us just have to go to the library, man, and go online and, and do a, a, a virtual event. that. <laughs> You're well, the right there. I mean,
1: how cool is yeah. that? The thing, what's cool is that since I'm a writer, I'm a, I'm a um, I'm an LLC company, right? I've made myself a company, right. so every
0: everywhere I go is a write-off because it's to my writing. So all well, it's all that's free interest taxes. Yeah, that's interesting, right? Because you have decided to create your <clears throat> own publishing company and and do it right. that way as a business. So yeah, right. yeah that that is definitely so. a way that a lot of authors uh, a lot of authors take that road. So that's good to know, oh, man. Yeah, that's every really every book I buy is a write-off.
1: A third of my house mm-hmm. is a write-off. All the oil bills are a write-off. Everything that I spend is a write-off because it's directly related to my publishing books. So, yeah.
0: That's how I have the web to go to these places. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you explained that. So, um, Mark, another thing that I am impressed with is that you are also a playwright as well as a yes. novelist. How did you yes. get involved in writing plays?
1: Uh uh, it's a it's a cool story uh a few years ago i was visiting my sister in texas and she had a friend whose son was in town taking care of his mother uh his mother had cancer and the son had been in, in cooped up for quite a while so she asked me to take him out to a bar and buy a few drinks so i did and he had been suddenly we had like all these girls lined up at the table and i said okay who are you he had been a soap opera actor and uh, of course, he, his name Blade or something. He had written all the all the all the autographs, and they left. And I said, "So, what are you doing now that you're not going to be in the, the soaping anymore?" And he said, "I want to do Shakespeare." And I said, "Well, great. I'm in Richmond. When you're in Richmond, come by. I want to see some Shakespeare." He goes, "Yeah, right. Richmond. Shakespeare in the Trailer Park." I grabbed a napkin and a pen, and my first play was born. <laughs> wow. And it's the so, story of two warring families in, in two trailer parks, Capitol Hills and Montague Acres, fighting over NASCAR drivers. <laughs> oh, man. And the talk play opens three seconds in a
0: pot of Brunswick stew. <laughs> so, Mark, talk about the differences on the mindset of writing the play as opposed to a novel. Are there differences on how you approach both of them?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, in, in writing, you've got to write the, the scenery, you've got to write what it feels like, the temperature, light, say, I mean, everything. In, in the plays, you write dialogue and stage direction, and the actors do the heavy lifting. It's much easier to do. It's all dialogue and a few little move here, move there, and it's almost instant gratification. Play A, write, a book will take two years to write, nothing will get published, and before you even know if it's good. A play, I can write a play in a year, on stage three months later, And I get applause. I know it's good. I hear they they laugh when they're supposed to laugh or they don't, whatever. So I get much quicker uh, um,
0: feedback and gratification from plays than I do from from books. So let me ask you this. Have you taken it it to the the other level? Have you written screenplays?
1: No, no. I I have not done screenplays. Screenplays is a very, very tough um, area to get into. I've got a uh, pretty good little <coughs> uh, group here of, of, of actors and, and directors and, pu- and uh, producers and theaters. And I can, my, my new play, I just, I'm almost finished with a new play called All, All, um, All In. It's my first drama set at Christmas time in a mental institution. And I brought it to my publisher, my uh, uh, producer, and said, Hey, this is what I've got. He goes, I'll take it. I've written six words. He goes, I'll take it. Uh, so I can get it right on stage. I've got I've got a director. I've got actresses. I've got. i got a table read. Second table read coming up. It'll be on stage a couple of months, two years from pen to paper, or a year from pen to paper to on stage. Yeah, it's it doesn't pay as well as uh, screenwriting, but screenwriting, uh, you got a, you're you're stacking about 300 screenwriters plays a day for people to pour through. So it's a much less competition for writing stage plays. It's tougher because you've got, you got to focus everything on that one stage. It's all got to happen right there. So it's more discipline. You don't have the great outdoors or car
0: chases or anything like that. You get, It's all got to be right there. So, Mark, let's switch gears and talk social media. Are you on Facebook, Twitter, and the such? And of all yes. the social media platforms, Which one do you feel is the most beneficial for your brand? And which, in your estimation, is the best for authors? Or does each platform offer its own special compensations?
1: I think each platform has a special uh, audience, and that audience generates toward or, or moves to one specific type of social media um i tend to use facebook a lot because i can facebook with i have a lot of british fans so i can Facebook with my british fans my australian fans um their twitter is a, is a really quick medium for different kind of writing different genres know who your audience is where your where your audience is um so i use facebook a lot i like to use facebook i have a facebook off page and then a private page that i use and sometimes they cross over but and I've used Twitter, not that much, but I've used Twitter. Um, I've used LinkedIn uh, for other business connections through writing. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, but most of it's Facebook. I've, I've actually bought time on Facebook to run an ad. It was like 300 bucks a month. And you run an ad, it comes, pops up, and uh, you get a lot of business that way. I mean, you spend a lot of money in the first few months, but over time you'll get some more loyal readers, and they'll keep buying your books, so you got to keep trying different things until so something works.
0: Right, right. And that's good to know about those Facebook ads. Um, so, Mark, let's wrap up this discussion by talking about your piece called The Novel as a Project that you did for right. the Aspiring Romance Writers Blog. It seems pretty detailed and looks like it covers all the bases. Why did you write this piece, and is it part of a... How
1: to series or just a one-time thing? It was a one-time thing. I um, actually I wrote it for the James River Writers Conference. I was on a doing a panel, where a uh, presentation, and uh, I wrote it as a, as a PowerPoint and I gave it to them and did the presentation, and they loved it. I had so many people from the conference come up and say, oh, my, "It's wonderful," because I was describing my 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 method as I did to you about how I actually structure things and right as a business right. and people were saying I-, I want to do that that's how to do it so i said i'm going to turn this into a presentation and from there i've got people that requesting a document so i've turned it into a, a word document and send it out so i've got the started out as a presentation and it kind of evolved from there but i've had a lot of good feedback on that people have said that's really helped them with their writing
0: yeah it's, it's very professionally done covers a lot of bases as i said and uh uh, I enjoyed reading it. So in closing, what's next for Mark Covington? What other irons do you have in the fire coming up?
1: Uh, the new play. Uh, the new play, should again, should be on stage in uh, midwinter to early spring. Uh, it's my new first drama, and it's very dark, so we'll see how that works out. Great cast. i got a great director um we're all ready to put it on i've got some interesting stuff happening in there i've got um a murder happens in the first minute i've got a hanging i've got it's it's a lot of stuff in there and uh we'll see how i, I do with uh drama i've done comedy i've done a musical now i'm going to take a shot at drama that's why i'm saying try to expand everything write different things and
0: play with different muscles that's the only way to go So, Mark, how do people contact you, get a hold of you, uh, follow you, um, your website? Give out any contact information you'd like. I'm usually at the Shepherd Street No, uh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll meet you there for a drink next time we're in, uh, what's that, Richmond? (laughs) There you go. I'm I'm the first Irish (laughs) coffee. We'll definitely be there.
1: (laughs) All right. Uh, I've got a website. uh, That's vmarkcovington.com. And that will take you to my Facebook page. It will take you to a contact directly from my e email. It will take you to everything. So vmartcovenant.com will take you everywhere you want to go, all my plays, all my books, other contact ways to contact me,
0: everything. This has been the Funk Show Cafe with me, Robert Batista. My guest has been the author and playwright, Mark Covington. Make sure you visit his website, bmarkcovington.com, and feast your mind. Thank you so much, Mark, for being my guest on the Funk Soul Tap.
1: Thank you, Robert, for having me.
0: Uh, it was great. Have a great evening, Mark. You too. Bye. Bye now.